Welcome to Insights, a podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Bailey, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? Good. Uh, fall is certainly upon us in Buffalo, New York. It is, I don't want to say cold. It is different in the morning. The, the morning commute to the gym is, it takes your breath away right now. It, it's cold. It's wet. It's fall. It's fall as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we switched from the 80s to the 60s here in the Northeast, which is fine. Um, but it's been enjoyable. I hate to say Apparently it. we didn't get rain for all that rain. We didn't get in the summer came in the last three days, but, um, thoughts and prayers out to also the people down in, the, in Florida with pretty tough storm coming yeah. out. Hopefully everybody's staying safe, stay safe for sure. And, uh, you know, hopefully you, 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 you got out while you could. And if not, definitely stay safe. We're thinking about you, Matt, let's get to the show, buddy. Let's go. Matt went to a conference and what did he learn? Matt Lozar, director of recruitment marketing. Where'd you go, buddy? TempNet? Is that what it was? Went to the TempNet uh, semi-annual, biannual. Not sure how that works. They do two a year. They do they two do a year. Two a year. So semi-annual. Don't ask me what the word is. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, it was out in Denver. Um, speaking of bad how was weather, Denver? <laughs> Eighty degrees every day except the two days the conference was held. So a little luck, unlucky on the weather, but it was a good trip. Did, did you pack travel. clothes for that scenario? I did. I have my uh, actually my best man for my wedding lives in Denver, and he said, "Hey, check out the weather." I said, "Thank you," because if you've done business travel, sometimes you just think, "Oh, I'm going to a city, and it's going to be warm there because it's always warm there, and it's not." So, um, anyway, great conference was was honored, appreciated to be able to talk to speak on the all things marketing panel, which was on um, day two ish of the conference. First, it was kind of one of those intro days, Brad, but then. The first full day of the conference on Thursday, um, really nice talk, able to um, answer a lot of different questions, all things marketing. Biggest takeaway from the conference? I think two, um, everyone's still hurting for recruiting. Almost 90 plus percent of the questions are on recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Um, Second, I think it's nice to go to a conference and see people. You know, I met some clients I'd never met before, um, which is cool about TempNet because one is from... Pennsylvania and one is from California. So their conference isn't always in the middle of the country, but um, that was nice to, to see some people I'd never met for and worked for for literally five, six years plus, um, which is awesome. Just it's, it's different, you know? Um, so that was good to see, but with recruiting, you know, it's still a challenge. It's what almost all the questions were on the panel was talking about recruiting, you know, some traditional digital marketing. And I think the main thing, and this is going to be kind of a common theme throughout the show with some of our topics here, the main theme is people are looking for hacks, Brad. Like, how can I leverage this little tool to help me get some more data? Or how can I do that? And yeah, it might help and work, but, you know, desperation is probably too much, too extreme of a word, but just, hey, how can I use this tool to help me get data about people that are looking for jobs in my area? Like, it's very specific that people are trying to find and that worried me a little bit. We're going to talk not hacks, but different ideas in segment two and segment three. But I think the interesting the, the interesting thought that crossed my mind is if we're all sort of doing the same thing, how do you get an edge? 
right? So if if every staffing firm is posting to Indeed and we're posting to ZipRecruiter and we have our jobs on our job board and we we're, we're sharing testimonials and we all sort of drive candidates the same way, right? We're all trying to get people to apply in the same way. What can we do to give us that edge? And segment two, segment three are certainly going to talk about that. But but Matt, that to me is what I'm hearing is really the issue. You know, people are looking for hacks into how they can see data differently or how they can make different decisions that they don't necessarily want their competitors to know about as well. Or they want to try something that their competitors don't know about. The, the challenge there, Matt, is it's 2022 and everything is available on YouTube or TikTok. If you have a question, you can search for it and you'll get the answer. So there's really nothing hidden, right? There is no secret to marketing. There is no secret to applications. Now there's best practices and there's things that you can do and there's things that great staffing firms are doing. We're going to talk about them in a little bit, but I don't know that there is a hack to you. I don't think so. I mean, it's a really good way that you phrased it because you're trying to find a little bit of an edge, but I kept coming back to if you found some secret job board, everyone's going to find out about it quickly. But also, people only go to the main places to spend time. Like you said, Indeed, Facebook, you know, whatever social media, you know, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, ZipRecruiter, all those different places. They're spending time on their phone. So what can you do to, to really gain that edge? Like, is there an edge to even be gained? Maybe it's some data, proprietary data, I guess. But that's that feels that feels lofty to to have that happen. I I mean I think the hack is to just be agile would be uh open to change, open to understanding listen we've posted on Indeed for 15 years or however long Indeed's been around, I don't know. Um that's table stakes, right? So what else are we going to do now? If if we have social media and we're using Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, great. But Matt, this this to me is almost like when when groups were super popular on Facebook. Like we gamified the system by learning that if you post a job in a group, you could get a ton of applications in a short burst because that's where people were looking. That then kind of went away because everybody drove to groups and now they're kind of inundated with just stuff and it's it's kind of it's kind of busy. But that's okay, right? So so it's it's understanding, okay, this worked for me this month. What's gonna work next month? What's gonna work next month? And that's backed on tried and true principles and branding and messaging and who you are and what makes you unique. But the tactic changes and and that to me is the hack is being open to change and maybe that's the agile word you used was really good because i didn't somebody else said this at the, at the panel but you know in stephanie recruiting it's traditionally not the cutting edge of marketing maybe you know being at that not cutting edge but a little bit more of an early adopter with with different tactics or parts on social like we've talked about here on facebook right now yeah groups were big a couple years ago We've now saturated groups. What's big? Video reels are really big right now. And pretty soon, probably within six months, they're not going to be as big because everybody's going to be be using them and the next thing will come along. So maybe that's that's the hack is keeping agile at the forefront and being able to to move quickly before other companies, you know, your competitors in staffing and recruiting can. I'm good with that. I, I I think that is a good hack. And it's not even a hack. It's just understanding that what worked yesterday might not work tomorrow. And every day you wake up, you're in a battle for getting 100 applicants. Stop thinking that you can go back to the same watering hole and the same tactics that you used in 1998. And let's try something different, right? People are getting, uh, consumer behaviors are changing. 
the the behaviors of people on the internet are changing. How you find candidates is is changing, and and we need to be agile with that. Matt, what else did you learn? Go ahead. Not even just what, I, but if you thought about this, made me think about something else, um, non conference related, but seasonal hirings coming up. Right, this is end of the year. Just saw who Target, Walmart, Macy's are hiring a lot of people. Macy says in their press release about this or whatever. Matt applies for a job today. You will have an offer in forty eight hours. Wow. Say that again. Say that again for everyone listening while they're driving right now. Say that again. Seasonal hiring, right? Target's going to have a lot. Walmart's going to have a lot. I think Target was 100,000 workers. Um, and wages were pretty good. 15 20 $22 across the board here. But Macy's, the department store, was talking about if you apply for a job, you're going to have an offer in 48 hours. That's pretty fast. Can you make that same claim? If applicants are applying... What are you even doing in 48 hours? Are you even getting back to them in 48 hours? Are you reaching out and saying, we received this, we're reviewing it? If Macy's can start to finish, get somebody an offer within 48 hours, and whether or not you're competing directly with Macy's, I'm here to tell you that you are directly competing with Macy's because people want to work now. If they're looking for work, they want to work now. What are you doing in 48 hours? And I would challenge you to think about that. Is your team of recruiters getting back to candidates within 28 or 48 hours? Are you having first interviews within 48 hours? Are you screening people within 48 hours? Are you having second interviews within 48 hours? If they're going start to finish in 48 hours, that's the Amazon effect, buddy. That is that is straight up, straight out of Amazon's playbook. We're going to get you whatever you order in two days or less. Are you doing that in your hiring process? Because if not, you're missing out on candidates. Easy to find jobs, short applications, candidate automation after you apply, somebody applies for the job. That's how they're getting there um, and being able to meet that standard they're setting. What else, Matt? Thinking back on TEPNET 2022, any other big takeaways? Nothing too big. You know, I think a lot of still traditional marketing questions. You know, I felt people were, you know, the questions were good when it was about, you know, SEO, you know, video blogs, vlogging, um, some website questions. I think people are, are getting there. In terms of you know that's becoming more table stakes, I like to hear that. Um, but no, nothing, nothing too much, you know, big. Otherwise, it just I felt the the TempNet group had a lot of camaraderie. Like they, it's a group that's together. Like you have to join, you apply to join the group. They're looking for different companies still across the country. They have four regions, so they're trying to hire or not hire, attract members in different markets, markets, DMAs. Um, but you can tell the people in the group have a really nice camaraderie. You know, we've been a part of the group 15 plus years. Paula Zeiss from our team has been there. Um, Susan Worst now on our team was with TempWorks. Now she's with us and she's been there a lot. So, you know, it's nice to see and you can tell that it's a good group. Yeah, Matt, it is. I know I was there uh, a few years ago, had the opportunity to meet that group out in uh, San Diego when the conference was out there. Great group of people. Matt, I'm heading out to NAPS um, to, to, to meet with a bunch of great friends. I've been at the NAPS conference three or four times now, maybe five at this point. So I'm heading out next week for that. So on episode 102, we'll get to talk about, hey, Brad went to a conference. What did he learn? I'm excited to uh, bring back some 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 takeaways from that conference. When you walk into the bar, are they going to yell your name like they do with Norman Cheers? Brad! Uh, they might because I wasn't there last year. I didn't go last year. Aaron from our team went. So it'll be like a, a welcome back, a welcome home, I, I assume. I would only have to assume. Um, but yeah, really excited about it. Matt, thanks for sharing your takeaways from TempNet on next episode. I'll share mine from the NAPS annual conference. Uh, it's taking place next week. Matt, let's talk Rockstar Marketing. Boy, boy, do we have one for you today. Matt, I saw this on uh, over the weekend. I saw this on Twitter. This example that we're going to talk about, 
I posted it on LinkedIn after I gave uh, a pretty lengthy take on LinkedIn. Uh, did that while I was at the gym, full, full disclosure, Matt. So if there's anything spelled wrong, that's because we were, we were, we were doing some, we were working a little bit. It is very authentic. Matt, let's talk rockstar marketing. And boy, I'm going to be honest, man. I haven't been this excited about uh, a rockstar marketing segment in a minute. There's a new movie coming out called Smile. And friends, if you haven't seen the trailer for Smile, I will tell you I am one who hates scary movies. I told Matt this morning after watching it in prep for the show that I had to go watch a Bluey episode with my son just to kind of regroup and come back down to center because your boy was not ready for Smile. But Matt, it is yeah for the viewers or listeners not viewers for the listeners here it's two and a half minutes of intensity intense so if you like that go ahead and watch if you don't like that um you've been warned but it's 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 intense but let's talk about what paramount is doing to promote smile so matt let's let's give you three scenarios here when you think about marketing a movie you think about getting people to actually go to a movie theater it's tough People have Netflix, we have Hulu, we have all these on-demand services where you can really watch whatever you want, whenever. Why go to a movie theater unless you're a movie enthusiast? So what do they do? The first thing they do is they put out the premise of the movie. They give you the overview. Smile. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. As an overwhelming terror begins taking over her life, Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Snooze fest. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I would not see the movie after just reading that, would you? No. No, I'd say um, no. I would say another scary movie. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Right. Somebody has something happen, it sticks with them, and now they have this whole horrifying new reality. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm not wasting my time. But then, Matt, every movie also puts out a movie trailer, right? So mm. you and I, we watched the trailer in prep of the show. Mm. I'm not into scary movies. I don't know if seeing the trailer, I would watch the movie. In fact, I'd probably run away from it. But, Matt, would you watch it thinking at the trailer? I mean, it would stick with number one, probably not. Um, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of scary movie trailers recently, but I feel like yeah. you'd walk in the theater, you'd have a death grip on the, the uh, armrests of your seats and the heart would be pounding <laughs> yeah, yeah. for yeah. however many minutes this movie is because it didn't look like there yeah. was one second of downtime. It looked, no. bring the energy it, from the start to the credits. It, yeah, it, it's that movie where you sit with a hoodie on and the hoodie's up over like your nose and the hoodie is then down over like, so just your eyes are hanging out but everything else is covered. Yeah, I'm, I'm out for that reason. I don't like scary movies. But then, Matt, we look at what Paramount has started doing with the Smile movie and professional sports. Starting from as far back as I can see, uh, at an Oakland A's baseball game, Paramount paid an actor to sit directly behind home plate, and while the pitcher's getting ready to deliver a pitch, when all eyes are on, the, on home plate, the actor stands up and does the terrifying smile that is common in the movie trailer and just stands there. But that's not all. Then they paid another actor. Fenway Park, when the Yankees come to town, when all eyes are on Aaron Judge to do the exact same thing, to sit directly behind home plate when the pitcher is delivering a pitch, stand up, 
present that horrifying smile and just stand there. Then they did it again at Sunday Night Football. I don't know exactly where she was, Matt. I, I assume maybe behind a, a field goal post. I didn't see exactly where she was sitting. I did see the picture because I'm captivated by where she's going to pop up next. Matt, I have to see the movie. I am fixated on where are these actors? Where are these people going to pop up next? But more so, Matt, I'm fixated and I'm captivated by the marketing that's going into this movie right now. For the cost of a baseball ticket and a paid actor, we have millions of people talking about a movie that otherwise would have just been another scary movie at the movie theater that maybe some people go and see. Matt, I'm floored, man. I saw it. it, it this, is ro- this is why we have this segment. This is rock star marketing. I love the cost effectiveness of it. Because yes, if they bought a tr- a commercial trailer during this Aaron Judge sixty one home run pursuit, which ESPN is making, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball is making a big deal, that would probably be hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars, right? Probably, I think I'm sure, guessing it's not sure. tens of thousands, whatever. Yeah, to buy that ticket behind the plate, I didn't check StubHub recently. Even it's it's ten thousand dollars. I thought I saw five five thousand dollars. Yeah, sure, whatever. Cheap. The actor, I'm sure, you know, a one day freelance actor actress isn't making you know hundred thousand dollars to stand back there and smile creepily at the at the screen and they get to watch the game wow. and they get to watch the game perks <laughs> perks of the job um yeah. yeah i love that cost effect i love it's effective and that's yes. literally guerrilla marketing it's getting down yes. to the grassroots and figuring out a yeah. way to do this and then i'm sure i didn't come across it but um if you look on so- somehow could go back into social media archives during the games, who's this creepy person standing behind the plate during the game? And then it just, it just goes. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. That's, and that's how I found it. Right. So I'm on Twitter pretty much every night. I I have my TV on, but I don't really like TV. So it's on just to make some noise. My wife and I, she'll be on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, whatever. Go ahead. And you wouldn't watch the commercial if it came on. Absolutely not. Right. I I don't even think my TV has commercial, right? So I pay for (laughs) YouTube TV um, but most of the stuff that I watch is either on demand or whatever. Like I, I don't see commercials. Great point. So I, I did see some data here. Uh, and this is from the Thursday night Yankees Red Sox game, uh, data from Forbes, more than 3.2 million people tuned into Fox to watch the New York Yankees game against the Boston Red Sox Thursday night, the highest TV rating for an MLB game this year. So again, let's say five grand for a seat, maybe 10 grand to pay an actress, and you're getting in front of the largest audience in MLB for the year. The movie trailer has 18 million views. Okay. So not the same number, but it's a different audience. It's a different market. Huge, huge, huge talk trigger because people are talking about it. Matt, you made the comment of getting on Twitter and seeing who's talking about this random girl with the creepy smile sitting behind home plate. That's how I saw it. Everybody was talking about it. If you look at you know people like Barstool Sports or any other sort of commentators who talk about baseball or sports is what it is, however you feel about them, I don't care. But people were talking about it. And that's where this sort of viral guerrilla marketing stunt for 15 grand now turns into a snowball effect of people that have to see this movie because they're captivated by what's going on. They need to know more. Matt, I, I, I can't say it enough, man. This whole segment of Rockstar Marketing, and it's the talk that I'm delivering at NAPS, it's a talk that I give quite frequently, is all about great, great marketing in looking at what businesses and entertainment and sports and the largest, largest online marketplaces are doing and what staffing and recruiting firms can learn from it. 
So we need to talk about what staffing and recruiting firms can learn from this. My take, if you have a strict budget, you need to get your messaging in front of applicants, in front of clients. What can you do to get people talking, to get people aware, and to get people to take action? You look at a movie like Smile. Matt said it, I said it, just another typical horror movie, right? And in its premise, a girl saw some stuff, she's haunted by it, it haunts her, she has to have some sort of resolution, and the movie's going to end, right? It's going to be a two-hour little thriller, horror thriller, just like every other one. Why do you want to go see that? I want to go see it because I am captivated by the guerrilla marketing that they're putting into it, and I need to know more. I need to know the storyline. I need to know what's going on. How can staffing and recruiting firms learn from this? Posting a job on a career portal, on something like Indeed, on ZipRecruiter, that's table stakes. That to me is the movie trailer. Every movie has a trailer. Every job gets posted on Indeed, gets posted on ZipRecruiter. It's what we do. That is a cost of doing business. We talked in segment one, Matt was looking for that hack, that marketing hack. What can we do that's different than everybody else? Well, if everybody is creating a movie trailer and if everybody is posting a job, Smile is now buying seats behind home plate to advertise their movie, is getting you aware of their movie. What can you do to take your messaging to a very, very specific audience that your competitors are not doing because your competitors are posting jobs? Again, that's table stakes. We need to think outside the box. We need to do something different to captivate that attention. Matt? You're, you're spot on. It's, it's a great, it's well thought out is, is my takeaway. The whole thing is, is simple, yeah. but it's well thought out in how we're going to do this. Yeah. I'd love to see what's next. Um, but yeah, that's, that gets back to what you're, you're passionate about here with, with the rockstar marketing. And I love, I love that we see it. You know, it's, it's a great example to share. It's, it's piqued your interest in a subject you have no interest in. It worked. So we can only imagine what it does for the people that like scary movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and think about, you know, piquing your interest in something that you don't have an interest in. I have zero interest in finding a new job, right? Or I have zero interest in applying for a new job. That's probably pretty typical of people who are happily employed. Okay. You're a recruiter. You need to find top talent. What are you going to do to captivate my attention to get me to want to apply, right? What are you going to do to say, you know what? This person doesn't want to see the movie. I'm going to make it so they have to see the movie. And not only that they have to see the movie, but that they're going to get on a podcast. They're going to talk about it. And now other people are going to want to go see that movie. What do I have to do to not only get Brad, who is happily employed, to go apply to my job because I want him here? What am I going to do to get him to say, you know what? This might not be for me, but Matt, you have to apply to this job. How do we get people talking? And that's what we need to start thinking about in our, in our, our meetings in our um, leadership meetings, when we have marketing decisions being made at roundtables, we need to think about what are we going to do to get people to apply to these jobs? Because just posting the job with some nonsense requirements and maybe including a salary is not enough anymore. What are you going to do to get people to apply? Matt, what else, man? Anything else that you want to add on Smile the Movie and how it relates to staffing and recruiting? No, I don't know about that. I think you did a really good job of explaining it. That was a good take. Yeah. That was a good take. It's awesome. It's you 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 presented it well, you you wrapped it up well. It's 
it's a good one. Um, and you know, we just try to learn a little bit from from all these different things in and out of the industry. And I think that's a great way to learn from something that went viral over the weekend. And it could be gone tomorrow. Like it could be gone. Like this could be it. They talked about it. I have no idea when the movie comes out. They probably could have done a little bit better job of that with my lack of attention. But um yeah, it's interesting what happens. So can I talk about that for a second? Sure. Because you said it might be gone. Yeah. I would think ballparks are going to start realizing who's in the front row and see if there's a, a that girl in the front row, right? Like y- you probably shouldn't be able to stand up while a pitcher, Marcus Stroman, is about to throw a pitch. I don't think that works like that. So maybe they start cutting that down. But Matt, that's the hack that we talked about in segment one. What's going to work today might not work tomorrow. So how do you capitalize on that? Get your applications today and rethink the strategy for tomorrow. The the, the strategy, I'm sorry, is, is the same, right? We need people to apply. The strategy is getting new people to apply. The tactic is going to change. And that's okay if that gets shut down tomorrow because we need to think about what's next. And friends, I'm here today to challenge you. Just posting the job is not enough anymore. We need to get people to apply and we need to take ownership of that. So I'm here today to say, listen, what are you going to do about it? And friends, if you need help, I know Matt and his team would love to help. My team would love to help. The team here at Haley Marketing would love to help. We talk recruitment marketing. We talk direct marketing. We talk digital marketing pretty much every day. We'd love to help you out if you need an idea and, and some ideas on how to generate more applications um, in, in Q4. What's that book you like? The Slight Edge? The Slight Edge, baby. I feel like that's the 1% or 2% that we're in the margins here and just trying to yep. get ahead of. How can you get 1%, or 1% better every single day in core areas of your life? And if you do that, it compounds on itself. You think about where you can be in a year. Well, it's it's the slight edge, man. And this is the slight edge. This is thinking through, okay, if everybody puts out a trailer, if everybody puts out a premise, if everybody runs commercials, what are we going to do that's going to be different to get people talking about this movie? That's the slight edge. If everybody puts out jobs, if everybody shares them to Indeed, if everyone puts them in a Facebook group, what are we going to do to get people to apply? What is our slight edge? Matt, I'm done with this one, man. That was a heck of a segment, buddy. So Matt, you were at TempNet last week and on your panel roundtable, you were presented with a bunch of questions and, and we wanted to bring a couple of them to insights. For today, let's stick with one. Show's kind of running long already. So let's stick to one question here. What is your best advice on how a local staffing company can outperform larger staffing companies in their market? Matt, you were on the panel, man. So you got first uh, first stab at this one. The, the sense I got from smaller companies, because that's what TempNet is, you know, not big enterprise companies, was they couldn't compete with big companies from a tech standpoint. And I I felt I was surprised. So it become, now it becomes an education challenge. And my first answer actually went last on the panel on this question was, that's what we do at Haley Marketing. We make world-class marketing fast, easy, more affordable. And more affordable doesn't mean cheap. It can mean cost-effective and still very, very productive. When you look at what we're doing just on the tech, our Haley Marketing Career Portal is very good. One of the most underrated product services we have after I've looked at so many different career portal softwares in staffing and out of staffing the past four or five years. You look at programmatic job advertising. You go directly to a company that has programmatic software. Your budget probably needs to be a zero bigger than the $2,000 minimum you need at Haley Marketing. You look at what we're doing with candidate automation. A lot of companies bought sense in the last couple of years to communicate with candidates. It's a big number for companies of this size, but we're helping companies manage that a little bit better, right? You bought the car, you drove, you, can you drive it off the lot or can you 
drive it more effectively. So I think my first stand, my first take is there is tech available for you to compete with the big companies. And then the second part, that's where your relationships come into play and you make it more than a job because jobs are transactional, especially in this space. And you, when someone wants to leave you, they, they have to break up with you and not just leave on Friday and come back somewhere else on Monday. I was going to go relationships and I watch a lot of the office. Do you know, do you watch the office at all? I, I did a long time ago. I actually watched two episodes on the plane randomly. Do you know the episode where Michael and Jan, they meet Christian, the client at Chili's? It's not fresh, but so, yes. so Christian needs paper. He, he like, I think he runs like the local school. Like it's a, it's a giant paper order that they would get. Cause he runs like all of the like Buffalo public school systems or whatever. Right. So Michael and Jan take him out and Jan is immediately trying to get right to business with Christian. Michael instead looks at him and goes, Hey, do you want a blooming onion? And then they start just kind of joking around, having a good time. They have all a couple drinks, whatever they have the blooming onion. Michael develops, develops a relationship with this guy. Jan the whole time is trying to talk business and, and the client's completely tuned out. Then Michael starts talking about like, Hey, I know you need paper. I know all this, whatever. Like I'm from the area, like my kid or like my, whatever we, like we go to school here. They know the school. We know the area. We know the community. And, and he makes a point of, and I'm, I'm kind of butchering the, the episode, but the, the point's going to be true. I promise. He makes a point to say like, listen, you need to do business with Dunder Mifflin because we know this area better than anybody else. And we're here to serve you. So when you need to print more paper for homecoming or you need more paper for homecoming flyers, we got you. When you need more paper for your you know, school plays, we got you. The, the big box retailers, they won't be able to handle that because they're going to be too busy to worry about you when you need it most. Friends, that's staffing. What do you mean you can't compete with national staffing firms? They don't know Buffalo, New York as well as you. So they might have ads that are the same for Buffalo, Chicago, Cleveland, Erie, PA, whatever it might be because they're just dominating social ads. You know the area. Go out and talk to candidates. Go out and talk to prospects. When you're at the gym, talk to people. When you're at the bar, talk to people. When you're at church, talk to people. Develop a relationship so if people know, hey, I need to find my next job opportunity, they know that they need to go talk to Matt because Matt actually cares about Buffalo, New York. Develop a relationship and stop trying to think that this is just a transactional business of, I have an order, I need bodies. Like, Matt, this is so fundamental. And, and to me, it's not even marketing. That's just being a human. It's interesting. Maybe the mind shift is going to that's how big companies are winning because they're creating apps that make it basically gig, right? I sign up. Oh, I download the app for yeah. name your enterprise staffing company here. I can sign up for, hey, what, sh what days are you available? Great. I want to work Monday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. I can work first shift or maybe second shift on one of the days. Boom. Here's what's available because that's transactional and that's working because that's what's, sure. but you got to dig under a little bit. And as Brad said, you know, be a person, talk to someone and develop that relationship because it's much harder for someone to, to change that job if they have that great connection. I mean, I saw it at the conference. Like I never met these people, but I'm talking to them. Yeah, and you can see the relationships there. It's it's not transactional. Yeah. So I think there one there are tech options available for small to mid sized staffing companies that sure. are affordable and very very effective. Sure. And two, uh, Brad's you know talked about here, develop and maintain the relationship. It's 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 interesting 
you know, at Haley, our whole goal and our mission is to level the playing field for small to mid-sized staffing companies, right? So that it, so that in, in the social space, for example, social media, a small one person shop can look and feel like that hundred million dollar staffing firm. But Matt, in a lot of ways, I don't want those companies to look like hundred million dollar staffing firms because I want them to look authentic and unique and local to the area and in, in the mud of that area. Right. And, and that's what we need to do. It's not to just say, okay, how can we, how can we outperform them in, in terms of getting more applications? You might not be able to get more applications than those monsters of the world because they have such large budget budgets. But what if you're getting better quality applications? What if the candidates that you're working with today refer six candidates tomorrow or, or next month, whatever it might be? Developing those relationships helps you outperform those, those larger staffing companies any day of the week. Yes, there's marketing and automation and things that we can put into place. And in low-cost marketing solutions, Matt, we've done 101 episodes for small to mid-sized staffing firms. You know, If you really truly need advice on how your staffing firm can outperform a larger staffing firm, please go back and listen to a few episodes. They're, they're loaded with ideas for you. Me sitting right here, right now, I, I have to come back to relationships. And I have to come back to the fact that I get probably five to seven emails every day of people who are trying to sell me stuff that have no idea who I am, that people reach out via email and have no idea who I am, that people are reaching out about services that have no idea what we do. How can you win that game? Develop a relationship. Matt, what else? Anything you want to add? I, from what you were saying, you don't want it to be the same as big companies. Here's what I think the, the, the formula is. You, you, we want the authentic content on the local level where i think people get hung up is that the actual deliverable needs to look that way and i think you can't you can make really great graphics videos right canva makes graphics super simple um video turn your smartphone sideways get a tripod and a microphone and for a very low cost you can have a 4k production video 4k probably now it's that's where I think people get hung up is that that deliverable might not be look perfect. Yeah. And, 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 and Matt, in a lot of ways, if, if you're hung up thinking, oh, it might not look perfect or it might not be great. Again, let's go back to smile. We have an actress behind home plate wearing a shirt that says smile in big, bold letters. That's it, friends. friends. We're not talking about a billion dollar marketing budget to create this lightsabers and all this stuff flying everywhere. We're talking about a girl behind home plate with a creepy smile and a yellow shirt that said smile on it. So bu budgets are an excuse. If you want to stand out, you want to outperform, we need to get creative. We need to get back to our roots. And, and Matt, you're, you're spot on, man. Yes, we want things to look good. We want things to look pretty. I fully, I get it, right? I understand that. But at the end of the day, being authentic to who you are, being authentic to your brand, being authentic to your voice, being authentic to what it is that you're in business to do is how you outperform larger staffing companies. If you are truly fundamentally in existence to put Buffalo, New York to work, then own it and put Buffalo, New York to work and get into the trenches and learn that audience and learn that market better than anybody else. That to me is how you outperform. And there's marketing, there's things that you can do on top. Again, we've done a hundred episodes of insights, so there's more than enough tactics and ideas for you to go back to. But Matt, I, I have to, in, in where I'm at right now, I have to come back to that relationship. Friends, that's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. 
have a question for us, you can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, heck, if you need a hand with your guerrilla marketing initiatives like Smile the Movie, we'd love to help. We should have been a sponsor. They should be paying me to say that in movie titles as many times as I have. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators to learn more. Be sure you tell them that Insight sent you. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. See you next time.